It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Monday morning to you. It is March 6th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. Is it May yet? Oh, you know what? It's uh, <laughs> I wish that it was looking at the weather this week. I really need springtime to arrive sooner <laughs> rather than later, please. Can we make that arrangement? I say that because you said to me, did you see what the weather looks like this week? And I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's mild. I guess the best part of this week is there's no snow in the forecast for the Portland-Vancouver area. That's kind of a nice thing. Might be falling out of the sky a little bit, but it's not sticking around if yeah. you're seeing it. But I just really need a nice spring, crisp afternoon that I can go for my walk and not have to bundle up with gloves, hat, right. coat, socks, <laughs> sh- you know, the whole getup. I live uh, vicariously when I'm watching sports <laughs> through the uh, commercials because they'll have like, uh, what is it? Sandals Resorts. You know, oh, and they're yes. swimming in the ocean, the sun <laughs> is shining, big yeah. cabanas on the beach. Uh, yeah, uh, that is would it sandals? be nice. Is that, is that, That's Sandals, is it? Is, is that one sure. of them? Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now see, in my mind, I'm thinking about a warm beach. That's, yes. uh, I'm kind of missing it right now, but... Yeah. You know, we'll push through, but it, there's been a lot of clouds and rain recently for us. One of the stories I have coming up today, I love this one. It's about, uh, it's called Life at Sea Cruises, where you just, you know, g- get rid of everything and you just <laughs> pay the money and you just cruise. Live, just spend you your live, retirement on you a boat. You live on the, on the ship and you just travel from port of call to port of call. Okay. I think uh, they're going to visit some 300, over the course of a year, 300 plus ports, and 100 and some of them are tropical. Nice. <laughs> yes. So it's like, <laughs> sign me up. Okay, sign me up. But, you know, here and now, we got to give thanks to God for, you know, allowing us to wake up to another beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest in the wintertime. That is true. <laughs> well, you know what they say, like, March here in Oregon, in like a lion... Out, out like, like a, a lion. lion. Out like a lion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think well, that's what just a little, at. just a break. That's all I'm asking for. It's just a, a couple of days where we're going to get into the mid 50s, yeah. sunny day, and then, you know, we'll sprinkle the rain in between there. So it was about, I'm going to say four o'clock ish yesterday, maybe a little earlier than that. And I pointed out to my wife, I said, look outside right now. And it was snowing. It was like was it really? big snowflakes coming down, gigantic flakes coming down, and it turned dark, and yeah, sure enough, big big old flakes. Now they weren't sticking because it no. was like our deck temperature. I think was like forty. So, but still, it was like the 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 air is so cold in the upper atmosphere. It's that making it was the snow just, coming still, down. We had I want to say maybe a, a couple little hail storms. Yeah, too in between yeah. there. It was a little wild Same a deal. couple of times over the weekend, but okay. So I'm ready for something other than 
cool rain. But yes. I'm, yeah, me too. I'm ready for it, but it's not happening today. How was your weekend, by the way? You have a it good was, weekend? It was a great weekend. Nice. Not too eventful, just some stuff around the house. Although, I came home from Mass, David, and I had the decision that I had a project that I was going to work on in my bonus room. So I went into my room after Mass, and I went to change my clothes, and I sat down on the bed and, and turned on a program just for a few minutes. Sure. Passed right out. That's it. Took a long winter nap. Sure. And when I woke up, I went, oh, yeah. it's almost dinner time. I got to start fixing dinner. You're still in the hibernation mode. I guess so. It, yeah. it, you know, the lights, it's it's darker, oh, yeah. of course. Not going to last for long because I'm constantly reminding myself, enjoy this week too, because mm-hmm. come Sunday, we uh, spring forward. Is that it? That's the day, the 12th, you're right. March 12th. Because I remember talking about that when we were covering the days of the month last week when on the first day of March, highlighting the things to look forward to. That's right. I'm looking yeah. at it. You're, you're absolutely right. We spring ahead on Sunday. So this Saturday, don't forget to turn your clocks ahead and lose an hour of sleep. And lose an hour of sleep. <laughs> David, you and I, we're going to start this letter writing campaign. Standard time. Stay on standard, standard time. time. Let's you know, do this. I, I, did, I saw a story where now back in Congress, they're they're moving, pushing forward again with daylight savings. Daylight savings. Time. Okay. I just shook my head. I mean, okay. But pick one or the other and just stay. Yeah. yeah. So that way we can all just get used to it. I'm, I'm, my vote is those standard time. Me sure. too. Standard time. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's the way it goes. What do you have coming up? Well, David, a new report on priestly vocations confirms what we are expecting. Vocations down across the country, but more so in larger parishes. All right. I have the details. Okay. And like I said, we're going to go on a life at sea cruise. So uh, be ready for that. <laughs> I am ready for it. Well, we're going to start things now with Lenten music from Josh Blakesley here at the cross and we are david and brenda here on the morning blend right here at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life come there is room at the cross here come and let joy wipe away your tears come
That is Josh Blakesley, Lenten Music here at the Cross. 7-Eleven at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Monday morning. Well, you're going to hear about a men's conference coming up at Our Lady of Peace Retreat House. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Mater Dei Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or MaterDayRadio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Dei Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, there's stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, and the Stations of the Cross of our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 713 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, again, going to be kind of a chilly day today, high of 46 degrees, about a 60% chance of rain, maybe a little snow in the higher elevations, and then down to 33 overnight tonight, about a 50% chance of showers. Tuesday, 40% chance of showers, a high of 46. Currently, it is 37 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 37 degrees at St. Rose Lima Church in Portland. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the Voice of the Shepherd with a retreat moment on Mater Dei Radio. One of the meanings of the word retreat is to withdraw into safety or privacy, to seek a place of refuge or seclusion. As a person of faith journeying through life, how can our spiritual retreats nourish our heart and soul to provide the sustenance we need to fully live our life out in joy and happiness with Christ? Well, with me today to talk about retreats and really our spiritual journey is Father Skip Thompson. He is a member of the Missionaries of the Holy Apostles, and he'll be coming out to the state of Oregon first to visit with our Knights of Columbus with their 115th state convention in Hermiston, and then the following week on April 28th through 30th, be at Our Lady of Peace Retreat to lead a men's silent retreat. Father Skip, thanks for joining us and welcome to Mater Day Radio. It's great to have you with us for the first time. Thank you, Dina. It's uh, my pleasure to be with you. And uh, I've been looking forward to this. So uh, yeah, anytime I can get back home to Oregon, I'm uh, I'm always happy. I was born in Hood River. I think we talked earlier about that. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm a uh, a beaver or a duck, depending on how. I've got to be neutral. You have to have all of the bases covered. <laughs> Absolutely. A, and you a are water. a 49ers fan, I understand. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. See, I, I was transplanted at a young age to California and, and kind of grew up in the Central Coast in the Monterey County area, south of that San Francisco Bay Area, and had a lot of uh, career in uh, Sacramento. Right. And I yeah. want to hear a little bit about the journey because I know born in Hood River, spent a little bit of time in Oregon, but then right. spent most of your time in California. Now you were married, you had kids, uh, you kind of yeah. were Catholic. A lot of people <laughs> fell away, kind of did the world and lived in the world. And then there was like this moment where you said, wait a minute, I need to get back on track with God. And yeah. eventually it led you to the priesthood. So let's go to that point yeah. of your life where you're, looking at um, the Lord might be calling me one back to him, but to him as to serve as a priest. Right. Uh, I didn't see this coming. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't. It was never in my uh, radar to uh, be a priest, but we'll say that uh, I was uh, brought up with the sacraments, although I would say I was never evangelized. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I didn't really have what I would call a conscious faith in Christ. But I, through the, some of our, you know, we call them our separated brothers and sisters, but uh, you got to hand it to them. They do have a love for the word of God, uh, unencumbered by traditions. They uh, get right to it. And uh, I remember in college being challenged uh, to accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I went, well, I've never heard this before. And they'd say, they ask the question, are you saved? I'd go, well, I'm Catholic. <laughs> which answered their question as far as they were concerned, and they were like working on me. But anyway, um, Jesus is good. And so I responded to the goodness of Christ, and uh, uh, this offer of uh, a relationship with Christ came fresh uh, to me. And uh, I think my Catholic upbringing, there was grace in those sacraments that were residually at work. So I responded, and um, I'll just try to be quick as I can with this, but I, I started following Christ as a college student in the central coast area in the in the little junior college called the Hartnell. Transferred up to UC Davis, finished my work there, got a degree in environmental planning, and then I started thinking about ministry. So there was a, a kind of a seed, if you will, and uh, I interviewed seven pastors in the Davis area and asked them two questions. Knowing what you know now about ministry, how would you have prepared yourself differently? And to which they all, I was almost unanimous, they said, uh, I would have wanted to get out in the world and, you know, get some real life experience and bring that with me to seminary, try to craft kind of a message to men or women in my, you know, you know, in whatever situation they might be in their real lives, as I call real life. And the other question I asked was, well, why did you choose your denomination? America, as you know, is kind of a smorgasbord of Christianity. You know, pick a flavor, any flavor, one from column A, one from column B. Every one of these guys had been born in their tradition. And uh, so there was no help. I was trying to find the mother load. You know, who, who's who got the 411 on the gospel and, and, and God? So I was sort of left to go with the first one. And so I did. I, I got married, got a great job, and uh, things worked out in the capital for a while. That came to a screaming halt um, with the death of my son, and it was a very tragic situation. 
eventually, after we had three children, two prior to the what I'll call the incident, and one afterward. And uh, so I have three children, one in heaven, two in California. But I was emotionally a shambles. And I'd, you know, when you bump up to evil up close and personal and the death of an innocent, um, especially in the circumstances, I won't go into all that, but it just, I thought, where's God? Uh, he's, he's back there somewhere. I don't know where, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just thought he must be sort of missing in action uh, when I needed him most. You know, the message, there's always a, with a wound, I think the devil takes advantage of whenever we're wounded by this fallen world of ours and the corruption of sin that bangs us, whether we have done something bad or not, we're just down here in this debris field and we get whacked by it and bad things happen to good people. I was kind of getting the messages that, well, you know, really God can't be trusted. You're kind of really on your own, you, you know, when you get down to it and grab for all the gusto you can get, you know, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I was believing these these things because my my life was suddenly a shambles. I was, it was a, I was knocked out of orbit to continue sure. with the space space theme there. And so I just continued my work. I became a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we divorced. Uh, I, you know, just pursued uh, career workaholism, uh, kind of forgot about God, just became kind of agnostic. Uh, God helps those who help themselves kind of thing. He was in the background, but I wasn't taking God seriously anymore. Uh, and that went on until 2002, when I kind of hit another wall in life, uh, lost that high-powered job, lost my uh, my dad had passed away, who was a great mentor, a great father to me, a child of the Depression, uh, that greatest generation went off to fought World War II, was severely wounded in combat in the Pacific, survived that, here I am. Uh, he was a he was a hero to me in a lot of ways, and uh, and just a natural teacher. Uh, he was gone, so that my mentor gone, and then I broke my arm. I got plates and screws holding it together. So my my fitness thing was going on, and I, that was a shambles. Dad was gone. My got my job was gone. It's like, all right, God, what are we doing? As a Protestant, I learned a lot of scripture, so I I prayed the scriptures to God. I said, in Philippians 2.12, you say that you are at work within me both to will and to do to your good pleasure. Well, how do you explain the fact that I don't really give a flying rip about what your good pleasure is because you don't seem to be there? So you're not doing your job, God. Get to work so that I'm going to will and to do. (laughs) I think he was like going, you know, I've been waiting for this prayer for an awfully long time. That's right. And, uh, you know, and he was there. He was there for me. I think I had just been pushing him away. I was. And uh, now I'd come, kind of come back. I think sometimes the hard shell has to get cracked open. And we, mm-hmm. we do that to ourselves. God does not, you know, I've heard this. God's whacked me upside the head of a two by four. I said, no, it's not his style. We do that to ourselves. Don't mm-hmm. blame him. Right. So <laughs> that's right. Anyway. I kind of uh, opened my heart and mind and uh, started going to a Baptist church, good Baptist church, very Catholic friendly, I might add. We did a lot of studies and involved uh, a lot of Catholic authors, Thomas Merton, Teresa of Avila, Bernard of Clairvaux, just a lot of different things and drank deep of the Christian well that involved an awful lot of Catholicism. And eventually um, I came uh, to discover a monastery on the central coast 
the Big Sur called New Kamaldoli, which I discovered, oddly enough, on the anniversary of my father's death, mm. which turned out to be the anniversary of their founder, the Kamaldoli's Benedictine founder, St. Romuald. And I remember talking to a monk. I Again, I took a I took a lane off of Highway 1 up, up this hill, not knowing really where it was going. It's just a single lane. It goes to a private residence. There's no businesses down there for 120 miles between uh, Monterey and San Luis Obispo. But there it was, and, and this monk says, so, your dad died on this day, and uh, our dad died on this day, and you're here. He goes, I think you should have a retreat with us. Mm. And uh, he goes, you're, I think your dad and our dad have been talking to each other, and that's why yeah. you're <laughs> so wow. That, wow. And then that, that segues into another part of the journey. Uh, I think that's a great moment for us to take a pause yeah. because I think that's really leading us to your heart is open, Father. And yep. now the Lord is going to start working. You've given him permission to come back and to yeah. lead where he has guided you. I'm talking that's with right. Father Skip Thompson, and he's going to be coming to our area, one at Our Lady of Peace Retreat at the end of April for a men's silent retreat. But before yep. that, spend some time with the Knights of Columbus during their state convention in Hermiston this year, April 21st through the 23rd. Third, the core is that retreats have really led Father Skip back into his Catholic faith and now into the priesthood and into beautiful retreat ministry and yep. leading others closer to the soul of Christ. Father, stay with us. Uh, we've got to take a break, but we'll come back yep. on the other side of the hour and we'll continue our conversation. Sure. Great. And it is seven. 24 here at Mater Day Radio and stay with the Morning Blend because you will hear more with Dina Marie and Father Skip in our next half hour. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Day Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Day Radio. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio, and Portland police have a warning for drivers. We'll have the details in the news. And a new report on priestly vocation confirms what we expected. Vocations are down across the country, but more so in larger parishes. 
I have the details on that story for you coming up. Here is Ali Aliyah and Race Along. is Ali Aliyah and Race Along. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
And in your news, the decline in the number of priests, seminarians, and new vocations to the priesthood in the United States appears to be more pronounced in parishes where priests serve more parishioners, according to a report commissioned by the organization Vocation Ministry. Now, Vocation Ministry aims to train and encourage priests, educators, and the Catholic laity to support and expand vocation programs in parishes and schools. It has held over 135 workshops in more than 50 dioceses. Now, the study found that there are fewer new vocations in large dioceses where priests do not have a chance to get to know their parishioners and encourage budding vocations. The report's authors point out that their findings should be taken into account when considering merging Catholic parishes. The organization's new released 40-page report titled Creating a Culture of Vocations provides an analysis of vocation trends and makes recommendations on how to improve the the ability of parishes and dioceses to foster vocations to the priesthood. David, it said that out of the 175 uh, dioceses that were part of the Mm -hmm. study, this was from 2016 to 2021, that only... 30 of them reported an average number of priests at or above replacement levels, yeah. meaning only 30 parishes were just replacing or maybe even increasing a little the number of the priests they had available. That means 145 dioceses declined. Right. So. And, and you were saying you had a report earlier several weeks ago about the Archdiocese of Seattle. Yeah. And, you know, and we're going to take a lot of interest in this, I think, because well, that's what it looks like that's going to have to do is because they don't have enough priests to serve all of the mm-hmm. parishes. So there's going to be a combining of parishes, it looks like. Right. Well, Portland police are warning residents to be on the lookout for a couple of suspects who are trying to distract drivers to commit a crime. All of the incidents happening yesterday afternoon, the first when the victim said two suspects got her attention by saying her gas tank was smoking. When the person got out to inspect their vehicle, the suspect's passenger got out and stole the victim's purse. The second, the victim said two male suspects told the victim that their car was on fire. When that person got out of their car to inspect the problem, the suspects jumped in and stole the victim's car. And the third suspect pulled in front of a driver in an attempt to get them to stop, but that person was able to get around the suspects and continue on. Portland police say, please be aware of your surroundings when you're driving and report any suspicious incidents. Oh, that horrible. That is terrible. Yeah. And then it makes us so suspicious when they really are yeah. in in need. My husband saw a, a very sweet elderly woman in the mall once. She, it looks like she had run over a curb and, and dented her rim Mm -hmm. of her wheel it was just messed up and she was really nervous when he said i i I need to help you look at and so finally he had to look what happened here and uh she's like oh thank you in fact i was with him and and she said no this is okay but yeah yeah we're so suspicious now and as you said good reason it's very good reason Well, the Clark County Sheriff's Office in Washington issued an update on Deputy Drew Kennison, who was seriously injured in a single car collision February 22nd. The statement read, 
Drew Kennison was released from the hospital and is now at a rehabilitation facility. He will likely be there for the next couple of weeks. Thank you to everyone at Legacy Emanuel for caring for him so well. Drew is really doing amazingly considering everything mm. he is in really good spirits. Now, Kennison, the 14-year veteran of the CCSO, had to be extricated from his vehicle after serious injury collision when a tree fell on his vehicle coming back from training in Clark County. Well, it was one of the last COVID-19 pandemic rules in place, and it will be going away soon. The Oregon Health Authority has announced that workers, patients, and visitors in healthcare settings will no longer be required to wear masks starting Monday, April 3rd. Now, the mask-wearing rule covered a wide range of healthcare settings, including doctor and dental offices, hospitals, urgent care centers, outpatient clinics, and more. State health officials say the lifting of Oregon's health care mask requirements stems from data in recent weeks showing overall decreases in circulation of the three respiratory pathogens that triggered a surge in visits to hospitals and emergency departments and intensive care units last fall. As of today, COVID-19 test positivity is at 10% and is expected to continue dropping. Now, some healthcare settings may continue to require masks even after the requirement is lifted. So April 3rd, the date, you're going to a healthcare setting, though, as they say, you probably still want to bring a mask, just yeah, in case. Just in case. Yeah. I think that forever I will have that little package of That's disposables yeah. in my glove box now. Well, a herd of goats were coaxed into a new pen in North Portland Sunday morning. It's part of the latest phase of building Portland's safe rest village along the Peninsula Crossing Trail. Now, it's an area known for dangerous homeless camps and, of course, the famous Belmont Goats. Now, the Belmont Goats moved about 100 feet away into a fence area that used to be an overrun homeless encampment. Now, the Safe Rest Village spokesperson told KGW that outreach teams have been meeting with the homeless people camped along the Peninsula Crossing Trail for months. Now, some of the homeless have been camping there for years and have connections with the area and said they would love to have a spot in the village. The spokesperson, though, said they understand that but can't guarantee them a place. And in sports, Portland Trailblazers got a win on the road yesterday, defeating the Magic in Orlando, 122-119. to 119. Damian Lillard had the hot hand in the second half to propel Portland. Lillard ended up with 41 points. He only had 14 in the first half. Blazers needed the win badly after dropping their first two games of this six-game road trip. It also kept them from dropping six games below 500 with a record now of 30-34. and 34. Not much of a rest for Portland with a game at the Detroit Pistons this evening. That tips off at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Then it is at the Boston Celtics on Wednesday. So, David, let me ask you a question. There at the beautiful St. John Fisher Church where you attend, do you have very nice kneelers, cushioned, uh, so when you put your little tender knees down, it, it it's comfortable for yes, you. Yes, we do indeed. All right. Now, I've been to parishes, I think, that the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater, they have the penitent kneelers <laughs> that are just wood, yes. and you kneel down. But for Catholics, well, kneeling is one of the most distinctive physical gestures of prayer during the celebration of the Mass. In fact, for many centuries, the lay faithful of the Roman white would kneel for almost the entirety of of Mass. Ooh. So why is that? 
And while it's true that standing during prayer was a common posture of the early Christians and is currently maintained by many Eastern Christians during the divine liturgy, kneeling was also part of early Christian tradition. According to Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, of course, that's Pope Benedict XVI, kneeling was something highly disfavored by both Greek and Roman culture. Ratzinger wrote in his book, Spirit of the Liturgy, If we look at history, we can see that the Greeks and Romans rejected kneeling because kneeling was unworthy of a free man. Now, Ratzinger claimed that kneeling does not come from any culture, comes from the Bible and its knowledge of God. And in particular, St. Luke, who in his whole work, both the gospel and the acts of the apostles, in a special way, the theologian of the theology of kneeling prayer. He tells us that Jesus prayed on his knees. And this prayer, the prayer by which Jesus enters into his passion, is an example for us. So this physical posture is meant to express a spiritual attitude of adoration before God, truly and substantially present in the Holy Eucharist. This is an act of humility, recognizing our own littleness before the creator of the world. And the act of kneeling prepares our hearts to receive God within our souls, striking down our pride with a physical reminder of what our souls should be like spiritually. And coming up, Dean Marie continues her interview with Father Skip on the conference at Our Lady of Peace Retreat House right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Eric Anderson in a prayer to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, you are the chaste and loving spouse of the Virgin Mary, the foster father of Jesus, the protector and provider of the Holy Family and all families. We have complete confidence in your loving care for new life and in your fidelity to the family. We commend our efforts to your prayers and protection. Help us always to defend the gift of human life, that it may grow to the abundance of eternal life promised and bestowed on us by your Son, our brother, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matudayradio.com. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 742 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, cool and rainy, the theme of the day. And David, really looks like that's the theme of the whole week. Yeah. Expect mostly cloudy skies today, showers throughout, snow level about 800 to 1,000 feet. 
Now, by this afternoon here in the metro area, we warm to the upper 40s. Then we cool down to the lower 30s again tonight. Then another cool rainy again day tomorrow. Uh, highs back up into the 40s. All right, 37 degrees at O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene. And it is 38 degrees at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church in Beaverton. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father Skip Thompson. Father's going to be coming to the Portland area at Our Lady of Peace Retreat the end of April to offer a men's retreat. He's been talking a little bit about his road, his journey, born a Catholic, kind of fell away from the faith, lived in the world, actually was a political analyst, I think, lobbyist in California. But he ended up recognizing the death of his father, coming upon a monastery on the anniversary date of the death of their founder. And these two fathers, and I think the Holy Father, guided this um, this interaction to really respond to God's love. Father, tell us a little bit about this engagement in a retreat, having a right. lot of emotional, spiritual, physical yep. wounds in your life, and right, yet recognizing right. the Lord has a plan and a purpose for my life. And you were right. you said you were your heart was open to the guidance right. of the Holy Spirit. Right, 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 right. Let me begin um, by talking about what I'll call milestones in our journey that really build our faith. The loss of my son Michael was a wound that carried messages that, and there was a healing that was needed. And I had very early on in my my desire to get right with God and challenge Him to get to work in my life. <laughs> Uh, to do and to will to his good pleasure, which I trust is good. I remember having a dream about my son, Michael, and I had wanted to just forget all of that. But it was vivid, and he was, you know, he was a well, and he was like with a, arms outstretched in this dream and an alb. He was like communicating, hey, Dad, I'm okay. You know, I'm in heaven here. You're, we're worried about you. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I woke up I mean, with a start, and I'm like, Wow. And, uh, you know, I had not visited his grave in 15 years, at least. And on that particular day, I went out and I saw that I took me 45 minutes to find the grave because I hadn't been there. And I prayed and I cried and I had a nice kind of a reunion. And I sensed, you know, Michael's back and uh, uh, he's alive in heaven. I had to move my sight. See, here's the thing. Yeah. We are so wrapped up in this plane of existence, you know, what's banging around in front of us that we forget. And as Solomon used to say, everything is vanity under the sun. Well, perhaps, but we have a God that's, he has the whole universe in his hands. And we need to raise our sights above the horizon and, and see the heavens. And I did that. And that's where Michael was. And so I recovered that vantage point. That made all the difference. Uh, I, I was looking at things with an eternal perspective. And so he was back in my life. On that particular day, uh, as I sort of recovered this, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, well, I tried to forget that I'd had him because of all the pain associated with the loss. I used to say I had two kids. But from that moment on, I said, I've got three. Michael's back. I've got three kids. One's up there, back there, up there in heaven available praying for me yes. and his brother and sister yes so i left the gravesite and uh, went off to an appointment it was a bottle body shop and i sat the guy says they'll sit here i'll check out your car in the shop see if it's ready to go as i waited there i looked around the room now bear in mind my son's name is michael thompson 
And as I looked at these different awards uh, from, you know, Better Business Bureau, Trade Association Awards, all these, uh, it was a great shop. The owner's name was, of course, on each one of these plaques. And his name was, guess what? Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson. <laughs> you can't make this happen. No. I mean, what are the odds? 15 years after his passing, I finally go out to visit his gravesite, having tried to forget about him. And now this healing moment, this dream comes. I feel like he's back in my life. I've raised my sights to a, a, a heavenly a horizon. And so I visit him in his final resting place in death. And he can't wait a few hours later to come visit me in life and say, I'm here with you. Look, yep. here. and I mean, talk about a sign. So that's a milepost. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's journaled. And so now I bump into this uh, monastery. Now I might add, I'm going back to my Baptist church. I had some really great friends there and good, solid Christ followers, sincere and all that very encouraging and but they, and they used to advocate that the, their their people go to uh, retreat in monasteries believe it or not <clears throat> this is a baptist church that had a a four week series on mary during advent wow how many, many baptist churches do that <laughs> anyway they weren't afraid to get into that and we did and some monasteries were part of the experience for a lot of the people there at our church, Oak Hills Baptist Church in uh, Folsom, California. So uh, at New Camaldoli, I went, and there's a, a verse in James, James 4, 8, that says, draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. This is the value of retreat. And I instinctively understood this. I would go there uh, just to settle down, quiet down, you know, take off, take off the watch. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. We're going to listen, listen for the monastery bell. Right. And, uh, I, I mean, I just just sucked it up. <laughs> it was great. I'd go every six months. My old interest in ministry started to trickle right. and percolate. I had started going to a online Protestant seminary, Bethel Seminary, back in St. Paul, Minnesota, for the Bap- General Baptist Conference. And I was, you know, engaged with lots of different classes and so on. But I would go to this Catholic monastery for my, I'll call my spiritual for the good of my heart and draw close to God and pray and, of course, read the scriptures and journal and go. And finally, uh, I started uh, adopting this amazing uh, divine office that I saw the monks doing. And I, thought, these, I thought, these guys are sold out. They've given up everything to follow Christ, and here they are, and every day, 24-7, you know, it's vigils, it's lauds, it's midday prayer, it's mass, it's vespers, it's compline, and I thought, I, I don't even get close to this, so I, but I became an oblate. I did morning and evening prayer as a Baptist. And it wasn't long before I finally became, I came back to the church. But here's one thing that happened during the retreat, another milestone. There was a brother who died while I was on retreat, and the prior came to me and asked if I could help move his body from his deathbed to his casket, which is what every retreatant wants to do on a retreat, (laughs) move a dead body. Okay. So I did that and I stayed for brother Barabee's funeral mass. I noted his last words, which were, may my only reward be thy mercy. It was a prayer he gave God. Mm. It was his last utterance uh, as, as he kind of revived at the end and prayed that prayer aloud 
and the and the prior related that to everybody at the funeral of Brother Baraby. Of course, I journaled a little bit of this. I kept the the um, the program, the mass program, in my in my journal, and that was two thousand four. Okay, so I continue on every six months. I'd go there for retreat, and I continued with work in Sacramento. But finally, dear old mom passed, and I, I did take care. I moved to, I moved back to Hermiston, Oregon. Actually, that's where the folks had been married, and that's where I was baptized. And and they returned there later in, in in life. They returned from California. So I moved from Sacramento to take care of her as she battled with pancreatic cancer. But 11 months later, she was gone. But she did see me return to the church. Through the course of the my retreats, I finally asked one of the monks, you know, I and the Eucharist was drawing me. Yeah. That's a big one of my retreat themes. So I'm in Oregon and I'm going to daily mass and the people and the parish priests are going, hey, Skip, you need to be a priest. I'm going, I don't think so. Uh, although I have to say I had some tantalizing thoughts about that. I thought that's that's off the chart. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm thinking about ministry and, and I, I was hoping to be remarried, but it didn't seem to happen. I've got my kids and you know, I was living a celibate life, so why not be why not be a priest? And so I started to discern this. And I was told no because of my age at different dioceses and orders. And then finally, I was connected to the missionaries of the Holy Apostles back east. And I and I I, call, I remember talking to Father Brad Pierce. I said, Hey, okay, I'm Father, I'm Father, I'm I'm, just, I'm Mr. Skip Thompson, and I'm interested in the priesthood, and I'm 55 years old. What do you think? And he goes, Great. Don't wait till you're 56, but we can talk right now. Okay. So I said, I'm flying back there. So I flew out of Portland back to Hartford, Connecticut. We met and he goes, tell me your journey. I said, well, here it is. I did this, this, that, and that. I used to go to this uh, new Camaldoli hermitage on the Big Sur coast. He goes, really? I said, yeah, I go there for a retreat all the time. So he goes, you know what? We lost track of uh, uh, one of our brothers who the founder had our founder had given permission to go out there to the new Kamaldali hermitage and live and and uh, uh, we wondered whatever happened to brother Anthony Baraby did you ever meet him while you were there I said oh yes I sure did yeah how's he doing <laughs> well he's resting in peace he's and resting in peace I I explained I said I, I was there on retreat and I helped move his body and uh, I was at his funeral mass, and I, I've got the program right here, and here's his last words. And the vocation director is going, You're supposed God. to be here. He goes, You can't make this up. <laughs> and uh, he goes, You were there for our brother when he needed someone. Yeah. He goes, It's clear you you belong with us. And so with that, the door to the priesthood opened from the inside, mm -hmm. which is the way it works. Father, sorry, we're going to have to bring you back on the program. I'm excited that we have you here in Oregon, again, at the yeah. home of your birthland uh, in yep. April. I want to just alert our listeners, particularly those of you, the Oregon Knights of Columbus, you should be registering for your annual state convention. It's in Hermiston. Connect with your Knights of Columbus to be there with Father Skip because he's going to spend the weekend with you April 21st through 23rd. But then men here yeah. in, uh, well, the Portland Archdiocese, the Seattle Archdiocese. Right. 
Boise. So if you want to travel from Idaho, come on out on retreat. Look how important retreats are to engage our path to Christ and to really correspond with the Holy Spirit. Uh, April 28th, 29th and 30th at Our Lady of Peace. So Father Skip, oh, we've kind of yeah. run out of time, but I know we're going to have some more conversations to learn more. But I think the point is God's calling us. Are we going to respond? And how do we it. respond? It's with great joy. Father Skip, thank you so much. God bless yeah. you. And we'll look forward to seeing you in Oregon. Okay, very good. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Monday morning. So it was the was it the second Sunday of Lent. It was? Yes, just like that. We're rolling right through. And if you want to find out some great Lenten resources, just go to our free Hail Mary Media app. It is loaded with prayers and other information. It's all for you. And again, it is free. All of the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpointpointe.com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, how about going on a cruise for three years? We'll tell you about it in the news. And a Floridian got a scary surprise when he opened his front door for his son's friend. Turns out the friend was an eight-foot alligator Ooh. come a-knocking. I'll tell you about the details right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. The person we're talking about today is Saint Colette, who was bold enough to create reform in an order founded by two other saints over 150 years before she was born. She was born in the late 1300s in France. Both of Colette's parents died when she was still a teenager. But the abbot of Corby, whom her father had worked for as a carpenter, took her under his wing giving her a hermitage beside the church to live in. Colette already had a humble upbringing, living a life of incredible asceticism, having little and wanting for even less. Ironically, 
Her great humility earned her a far-reaching reputation, and people started traveling to Corby from far away just to speak to her and ask for her prayers. It was during this time that Colette began to have visions. In one of her visions, the heavenly form of St. Francis of Assisi appeared and spoke to her. Evidently, the Order of St. Clair, also known as the Poor Clares, had become a little lax about enforcing its rules, and St. Francis wasn't having it. He commanded Colette to go and strictly reinstate the first rule of the Order of St. Clair, the vow of poverty. Colette, who had up to this point lived a quiet and unobtrusive life, wasn't sure she was the right person for this job and hesitated to take action. When she was struck blind for three days and then mute for three days more after that, she took it as a sign that maybe, just maybe, she should take the order St. Francis gave her seriously. Colette went to several convents and tried to begin her mission of reform, but things didn't work out so well for her. It was obvious after several attempts that despite her reputation, she didn't have an actual authority. To remedy this, she went straight to one of France's greatest authorities. At this time, there was a schism in the church and Peter de Luna, going by the name of Benedict VIII, was treated as the Pope by the French. He was so impressed by Colette that he readily appointed her an assistant and bestowed on her the authority to reform existing convents and found new ones. Now, enabled to carry out her mission, Colette traveled to the convents all across France to do as St. Francis had asked her. Not everyone supported her, of course. Some people thought she was crazy, and some even accused her of sorcery. But she bore the difficulty and slander with patience, and her work eventually bore fruit. By the time all was said and done, she had founded 17 new convents in addition to reforming existing ones. All of this before she fell ill and died at the age of 67. As great as she was, it's worth noting that even St. Colette couldn't bring herself to immediately follow the order St. Francis had given her. She was afraid, as anyone would be, to take the first step in a great undertaking. But as you certainly may know, the dread of leaving our comfort zone is usually much scarier than the actual task at hand. Once she started on her mission of reform, Colette made great strides, accomplishing her goal and then some. It was when she began to act and follow her calling that she dropped all fears of failure. Saint Colette, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Lenten resources, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at MatradeRadio.com. It's 801. And in your news, during his Sunday morning Angelus address, Pope Francis urged the faithful to reflect on the miracle of the transfiguration and to see how the same beauty in the faces of the people were interact with every day. Now, in the March 5th address, the Pope discussed the beauty shown in Sunday's gospel reading of Matthew. In this passage, Peter and James and his brother John witnessed Christ transfigured before them with his face shining like the sun and his clothes dazzling white. Pope Francis said, we must see the same beauty on the faces of the people who walk beside us every day, such as family, friends, and colleagues. And near the end of his address, Pope Francis told people to ask themselves whether they recognize the light of God's love in our lives and whether they recognize it with joy and gratitude on the faces of people who love us. 
And the Pontifical Foundation Aid to the Church in Need expressed its concern for the situation of the Catholic Church in Nicaragua and for Bishop Rolando Alvarez, who was sentenced on February 9th to 26 years and four months in prison by the Daniel Ortega dictatorship. Citing a February 14th article in the media outlet Nicaragua Actual, they warned that the regime is apparently arresting priests who even mention Alvarez in their masses, considered to be a prohibited activity. At least two priests were arrested in Madrid and Nueva Segovia for mentioning praying for the bishop during their Sunday celebrations, the statement said. And according to local news reports, the two were released hours later with a warning not to mention the bishop again. Well, it would be groundbreaking program and first in the nation if approved by the Oregon legislature. Lawmakers are considering legislation that would provide $1,000 a month to unhoused or low-income individuals for two years to see how it affects their ability to secure stable housing or otherwise improve their well-being. Now, the proposal would earmark $25 million to run a guaranteed income pilot program through 2025 and fund a study of the program by Portland State University's Homeless Research and Action Collaborative to better understand the effects of long-term cash assistance. The program would aim to serve people who are severely rent-burdened, homeless, or at risk of losing housing, according to its author, Senator Wimsey Campos of Aloha. People already receive housing assistance or earning more than 60% of their area's medium income would not be eligible under the proposal. Well, a herd of goats were coaxed into a new pen in North Portland Sunday morning. It's part of the latest phase of building Portland's safe rest village along the Peninsula Crossing Trail. It's an area known for dangerous homeless camps and the Belmont goats. Now, the goats moved about 100 feet away into a fenced area that used to be an overrun homeless encampment. The Safe Arrest Village spokesperson told KGW that outreach teams have been meeting with the homeless people camped along the Peninsula Crossing Trail for months. Some of the homeless people have been camping there for years and have connections with the area and said they would love to have a spot in the village. The spokesperson said they understand that but cannot guarantee them a spot. Well, tired of your home, looking for a change? Maybe this is your dream come (laughs) true. Life at Sea Cruises has opened bookings for its three-year voyage on the MV Gemini, which sets sail from Istanbul, Istanbul, Turkey, on November 1st this year. The cost, you ask? That would be $30,000 per person for a year worth of cruises. Now, the company is promising to hit 375 ports of call around the world, visiting 135 countries and all seven continents, with 103 stops at tropical island locations. Now, the ship is equipped with 400 cabins to accommodate more than 1,000 passengers. And if you just can't get away from the office, no problem. The company promises a full-scale business center, complete with meeting rooms, 14 offices, a business library, and lounge. There is somewhat of a catch, though. Passengers must sign up for all three years uh, but there is an option to like sublease your cabin, so okay. you could sublease it to another couple for a year. Okay, but you got to commit to all three years, thirty thousand a year, 
per person. Do you think we could do the morning blend from a boat? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure we could. <laughs> that, that with that newfangled business class suite. I, I like that. So could you do that? Could no. you cruise for a year no, just abs- like that? Not a chance. Yeah, I don't do think it. I could. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, uh, because I'd be. I, I think a long cruise. I think some of them have a lot of benefits, but yeah, I don't just. I think I wouldn't want to be on the ocean for that long. Right. Yeah. Even with the ports in between, mm-hmm. uh, not exactly my cup of tea. Yeah. All right. What's well, up there for you? You'd like to do it? I'll think about it. Okay. Well, here is another reason why the Pacific Northwest is better than Florida. Okay. A Florida man was attacked by a male alligator that showed up. At his front door, Friday night, officials said. The incident happened around 9.40 p.m. at a residence near a golf course in Daytona Beach. Now, the alligator was 7 feet 10 inches long, and wow. said a certified trapper. Now, Curtis Lucas, who was called by Florida Fish and Wildlife officials to trap the reptile, said it was a pretty mm-hmm. big alligator. What happened was the resident opened his front door after hearing a noise, believing that it was someone looking for his son. Just heard it and walked to the door, opened it up. Alligator lunged at him. Man was bitten on his upper thigh. Now, the man did suffer non-life-threatening injuries, was transported to a hospital by medical personnel. Officers located the animal near the front entrance to the residence. Florida Fish and Wildlife officers responded to the scene and called a trapper just hanging around. That's crazy. I think that perhaps it was possible that the alligator was startled. He was just walking along oh, there. Oh, sure. When the door opened, he went, you know, yeah. who are you? Bit him. Fortunately, the man, uh, the injuries, they were able to, to yeah. help repair. And yeah. That's, yeah. Ding dong. That's wild. So at our, at our, yeah, at our <laughs> first house that we lived in, on the back patio, you know, we had those sliding glass doors sure. to get out to the patio. And for a while there, there would be a raccoon that would come up and put its paws up what? on the glass door and just look into the look into our no. kitchen. Yeah, it's just like, hey, hey, buddy. Knock, knock. What's up? Knock, knock. Just looking in there like, you know. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? And nice as could be. <laughs> of course, I didn't let him in, but it was just like, look at that. And he... And he, he you would come by periodically and just look in the glass doors. That is wild. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we know that Deborah had her friend of squirrels yeah, when we were at right? UP campus. I think those guys would come and knock on the door. They'd climb up on the doorknob. Oh yeah, and yeah. look at her. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, they were looking for food. She's I think. not allowed to feed the squirrels here. <laughs> That's right. In sports, the Pac-12 Women's Basketball Conference title goes to Washington State. The Cougars shocked 19th-ranked UCLA to win the championship and receive the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I love it. That's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, I think the Cougars were like maybe the, I forget, they were 6th seed, 7th seed, but I think everybody was thinking Stanford or UCLA, but good for the Cougars. That's awesome. University of Portland women's basketball team has been waiting its turn for a game in the West Coast Conference tournament in Las Vegas. That comes this afternoon when the Pilots face Pacific at 2.30 in a semifinal matchup. Portland had a couple of buys in the conference tournament because they finished the regular season in second place. Okay. They didn't have to play until the semifinals. The other semifinal game has Gonzaga taking on BYU. That's at noon today. Then the men's WCC tournament is this evening. BYU plays St. Mary's 
and Gonzaga takes on San Francisco. So, oh, the madness oh, is starting. It's, it's madness. Well, Lent is a time to be solemn and focus on our Lord in his journey to the cross. But as a couple, well, it still remains important to be united with our beloved through time, conversation, a Lent-themed date night could be just the perfect combination of these two truths. Matt Martinson from CatholicLink.org gives us three ideas, David, for a Lent-themed date night. Okay, here we Here's go. Here's how you can do it. Yes. Start with, I think this is perfect, a candlelight conversation. Mm-hmm. Communication is key, as they say. Set some time in the evening to talk to each other. Light a candle. If you have a purple one, even better. Have the lights a little lower and talk about your goals over the next 40 days. How about a study of the scripture of Isaiah while you're at it? Open up your Bible, read some Old Testament. There's much to reflect on Jesus' time in the wilderness, of course, but so much was written that he will fulfill during Holy Week. So read his word together this Lent. And then lastly, this is perfect, cook together. Mm -hmm. Cook that Friday vegetarian or vegan dish on experimenting with different recipes designed to give you energy while fasting a great way to connect with your spouse. This Lent move beyond attending fish fries, making tuna casserole, or ordering a cheese pizza, and cook together and grow in your relationship. I like well, that, yeah. That's a good, some, just three little simple ideas. Yep. Coming up, too, we're going to hear Social Justice with Michael Davis. He's been doing these for a while, and he's got a podcast, mm-hmm. the whole thing. So I'll hear about that right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All-source communications is an independent, local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for all-source communications. Connecting Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. This Lent, Mater Dei Radio is teaming up with Ave Maria Press for the dynamic program, Return. Join Father John Burns on the Hail Mary Media app as he guides you through prayer and meditation into a fuller experience of Easter's joy. 
And that's what I wanted to carry through the journal is the desire of God, not just that we would turn away from sin, that we'd come back, but that the return would be wholehearted. But the why for all of our Lenten practices really has to be for love, especially in view of a turning from sin and coming into communion with Jesus, who was in love with us and is trying to draw us into that divine embrace. Journey through Lent with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it now by searching Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to materdayradio.com for more details. And prepare for the fullness of Easter's joy with Father John Burns and the Return Program on the Hail Mary Media app from Materday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.15 at Mater Day Radio. Well, temperature is going to be pretty much in the 40s all week long, so still running a little cooler. I think average right now is around 50, low 50s, mid 50s, mm, so mm-hmm. still running kind of cool. Showers today, 60% chance, high of 46 degrees. More showers overnight tonight, low of 33, and then showers again for Tuesday with a high of 46. Well, currently, David, it's 34 degrees and snowing at Our Lady Star of the Sea Catholic Church out in Stevenson. Well, it's 37 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Albany. Well, it is time once again to have a common sense discussion, social justice. On a standalone podcast, Michael Davis talks about ways that we can look at social justice in a worldwide view, but act on it locally right in our own neighborhoods. He is joining me today as we dive into another chapter of Pope Benedict's encyclical Charity in Truth. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It is so good to be here again. Well, in your more recent episode, you're talking about technology and human development. Now, we know that looking at technological advances, even within the last 20 years, boy, it has just, you know, astronomically increased with our ability of having access to things, access to knowledge, just access Mm -hmm. to health care. But also, it's really affecting our human development. So, we ask a lot of questions about these things, about how and why. And you know, t- talk to us a little bit about technological developments and why they're happening versus how they're happening and how it affects human development. Yeah, Pope Benedict XVI had a very real concern that technology was, which can be a good tool for Absolutely. human development. But his concern was that it was becoming an end in itself technology was. So we were asking too often, how do we develop better technology? How do we advance this thing, that thing? And he said, no, we need to be asking the question, why? Why are we developing this technology? So for example, your iPhone, great tool. I've had times where I've used my iPhone (laughs) uh, when I'm discouraged and I would read quotes from a saint on my iPhone. Excellent tool. But there's also other things on iPhones, you can access pornography, you can access yeah. hate speech, uh, racism, you can, you know, you can watch violent movies and videos, all these things. So Pope Benedict XVI wants us to ask if we're going to make advances, for example, to iPhones, why? What's the purpose behind that advancement? Is it actually going to help in human development? Michael, as we were preparing for this two technology advancements in regards to having jobs available, jobs that provide a living, a wage where there used to be, you know, factories that would have, you know, warehouse lines of workers. And through those jobs, they were able to provide for their families. Well, technology 
we're really starting to recognize that they're beginning to not only take jobs away from from people who needed them, they're also moving the labor forces to where, you know, the labor is much less expensive, so to speak, than it is here. Is that technology stretch that the United States is allowing companies to do, it's really beginning to affect many, many countries around the world in Mm -hmm. our desire for goods and products and technology. Yeah, it's certainly true. There's a couple ways that's happening is through outsourcing. So moving factories, for example, to to third world countries or, uh, you know, creating robots to do the work in place of humans. But, you know, let's talk about outsourcing first. So what the Pope brings out is that you we we often talk about from an American standpoint, oh, they moved that factory to Mexico, for example. Mm -hmm. And we think, oh, wow, look at the American jobs are lost. The families are out of jobs. But what the Pope brings out, it's not just that. On the other end, they're underpaying these workers because there's not all the regulations in place for minimum wage and all these things. And so these workers are in unsafe conditions. They're underpaid. And, you know, it's creating havoc on the other end as well for these workers. And then, of course, even in advanced countries, you've got robots doing the work of, you know, you look at, at video uh, of of assembly lines at car manufacturing exactly. plants, an insane number of robots on the assembly line. Well, those are f- robots represent families who are maybe on unemployment. Michael, you bring up a good point, too, about the iPhone. Now, I have an iPhone and my children have cell phones. Uh, I get them because of the idea that I need to be able to get in connection with them. But I think about the years from when I got my very first cell phone. And it was a flip phone that I think I had 10 minutes of free service on that I could <laughs> yeah. call somebody. And I had a computer at home. Well, now the phone that I have in my hand, not only do I use it for countless minutes, I don't even have a phone in my home anymore because my cell phone has replaced that. I have all the knowledge of the world right in my hand. I I, I do. Mm. And yet what we find that we spend our time doing is it's a time waste that we are looking at just ridiculous things when we also have the full knowledge of our Catholic faith, that how much time are we using the technology to benefit our spiritual life? Mm-hmm. Do we th- yeah. even think about using that for our development of human life when really what it's doing is kind of using up that time with really terrible things and especially what it's done for our young people? Yeah, It seems like we're not using technology well. No, and we definitely are not. You know, for example, my iPhone, I've got quick links to quotes from saints, like quotes from Mother Teresa, or quotes from St. Benedict Joseph Labray. And I've also got the, the scriptures on my iPhone. I've got the Liturgy of the Hours quick linked on my iPhone. So good, good use of technology. But what do I find myself doing sometimes? <laughs> I mean, oh. like, uh, you know, I will... I'm really into astronomy, love astronomy. So boom, you know, I'll see the moon out at night and I'll just start Googling, like, how big is the moon, you know? And, (laughs) oh, these other stars out here. Next two hours later, I'm still Googling all this stupid stuff that does nothing for my life. Who cares how big such and such a star is? It does not change my life. It does lead me maybe into worship of the creator, but 
again, waste of time. Now, let's take that a step further and see, okay, what are a lot of things that people are browsing on the internet? Talk about waste of time. Just complete nonsense. Right. Myself included. I'm I'm right here with you. Man, whoa. And that's where the Pope gets into this is that technology should only exist for real human development towards uh, unity with God. And he says anything else needs to go. No, absolutely. In my own mind, I think about how I get caught up watching very short reels about, as you said, ridiculous things. And I know they're ridiculous and they make me laugh. But wow, before I know it, there is an hour, hour and a half sometimes spent just flipping through the phone. Time that I could be spending developing well, real face-to-face relationships and discussions mm-hmm. with my own yeah. family members. Michael Davis is joining us today. We are having a common sense discussion on social justice. Well, it's a great episode. And Michael, you're moving forward with this encyclical. And coming up too, you have a, a new podcast where you're going to be talking about compassion, fatigue, and burnout. How do all of those three words interact together? Yeah, so com- they're bu- actually compassion, fatigue... And burnout are two sides of the same coin. Compassion fatigue is where you just are mentally and emotionally drained from serving the poor and needy day in and day out because you're taking on their energy, which is necessary to have compassion, but it creates that. And then burnout is the other side of the coin. It's the physical side where my body begins to follow suit. So I'm emotionally, mentally, spiritually spent. Therefore, my body begins to ache. I begin to get exhausted, I can't sleep well, and then I become cranky Mm. with those who I'm serving, by the way. Wow, that is a great idea. And again, another one of the newest podcasts from Michael Davis. His show is A Common Sense Discussion on Social Justice. Well, Michael, thanks so much for joining me. That is a lot of information, but look forward to listening to how you really work these things out in your latest podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. God bless. And it is 823 at Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Monday morning. So we were having some issues with the uh, website today, weren't we? We are. In fact, it's not working. Uh, Initially, it seemed like everything was coming up. That's why you're not hearing the community calendar, because you couldn't access it. They are working on it. Okay, though. so if you've been wondering what's happening, that's it. Little little construction going on. So it happens. Uh, it does Techno- happen. Not talking so, about technology. Time. But you know what? You can still follow us on the Hail Mary Media app. That's right. So download that. It is free. All of the resources right there. Lenten resources. All you want to know about Mater Day Radio interviews, the whole thing, podcasts, right there. That is the free Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, we should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do. We should not judge them for their faults. We should be kind and merciful. 
Well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, we are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner, we imply that he has the potential of being a saint. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Day Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 827 in Mater Day Radio, and one of the last pandemic rules going away. We'll tell you about it in the news. And a new report on priestly vocation confirms what we expected. Vocations are down across the country, but more so in larger parishes. I have the details for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Steve A. Grisano and more beautiful. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. Be more free, and all we can be more than yesterday. May we find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. Be more free, and all we can be more than yesterday. Find you more beautiful, more glorious, more alive in this life, more victorious. Be more free, and all we can be more than yesterday.
get more victorious to be more free And now we can be more than yesterday May we find you more beautiful, more glorious That is Steve Agrizano and more beautiful. It's 831 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The decline in the number of pre-seminarians and new vocations to the priesthood in the United States appears to be more pronounced in parishes where priests serve more parishioners, according to a report commissioned by the organization Vocation Ministry. Now, Vocation Ministry aims to train and encourage priests, educators, and the Catholic laity to support and expand vocation programs in parishes and schools. It has held over 135 workshops in more than 50 dioceses. Now, the study found that there are fewer new vocations in large dioceses where priests do not have a chance to get to know their parishioners and encourage budding vocations. The report's authors point out that their findings should be taken into account when considering merging Catholic parishes. Now, the organization's newly released 40-page report titled Creating a Culture of Vocations provides an analysis of vocation trends and makes recommendations on how to improve the ability of parishes and dioceses to foster vocations to the priesthood. And during his Sunday morning Angelus address, Pope Francis urged the faithful to reflect on the miracle of the transfiguration and to see the same beauty in the faces of the people we interact with every day. In the address, the Pope discussed the beauty shown in Sunday's gospel reading of Matthew. Now, in this passage, Peter and James and his brother John witnessed Christ transfigured before them with his face shining like the sun and his clothes dazzling white. Pope Francis said that we must see the same beauty on the faces of the people who walk beside us every day, such as family, friends, and colleagues. Near the end of his address, Pope Francis told people to ask themselves whether they recognize the light of God's love in our lives and whether they recognize it with joy and gratitude on the faces of the people who love us. Well, Portland police are warning residents to be on the lookout for a couple of suspects who are trying to distract drivers to commit a crime. Now, all of the incidents happening yesterday afternoon, the first when the victim said two suspects got her attention by saying her gas tank was smoking. When the person got out to inspect their vehicle, the suspect's passenger got out and stole the victim's purse. The second, the victim said two male suspects told the victim their car was on fire. When that person got out of their car to inspect the problem, the suspects jumped in and stole the victim's car. Now, the third suspect pulled in front of a driver in an attempt to get them to stop, but that person was able to get around the suspects and continue on. Portland police say, please be aware of your surroundings while you're driving and report any suspicious incidents. 
Yeah, you know, when you're oh. driving and, and somebody's flagging you down like that, it's kind of an unsettling feeling just for one thing to have somebody waving at you like, you know, yeah, an emergency sure. is going on, but then to have it being bogus. And so, yeah, you got to be careful. You do have to be careful. And when you hear stories like this and then you run across somebody, say, on the side of the road in need yeah. of help, makes you not want to stop. No. Right? How do you decide? Yeah. That's really, really sad call. to hear. Well, the Clark County Sheriff's Office issued an update on Deputy Drew Kennison, who was seriously injured in a single car collision on February 22nd. The statement read, Drew Kennison was released from the hospital and is now at a rehabilitation facility. We'll likely be there for the next couple of weeks. Thank you to everyone at Legacy Emanuel for caring for him so well. Drew is really doing amazingly well, considering everything and is in really good spirits. Now, Kennison, a 14-year veteran of the county sheriff's office, had to be extricated from his vehicle after a serious injury collision. He had surgery the same day and was then transported to the Portland area hospital. Surgeons were forced to perform a partial amputation of his left leg. Kennison was driving back from training when a tree fell on his vehicle, causing a single vehicle collision on Washougal River Road near Salmon Falls in Skamania County. Well, it was one of the last COVID-19 pandemic rules in place, and it will be going away soon. The Oregon Health Authority has announced that workers, patients, and visitors in healthcare settings will no longer be required to wear masks starting Monday, April 3rd. Now, the mask-wearing rule covered a wide range of healthcare settings, including doctor and dental offices, hospitals, urgent care centers, outpatient clinics, and more. State health officials say the lifting of Oregon's health care mask requirement stems from data in recent weeks showing overall decreases in circulation of the three respiratory pathogens that triggered a surge in visits to hospital emergency departments and intensive care units last fall. So as of today, COVID-19 test positivity is at 10%. And is expected to continue dropping. Some healthcare settings may still continue to require masks even after the requirement is lifted. Well, a Florida man was attacked by a male alligator that showed up at his front door Friday night, officials said. The incident happened around 9.42 p.m. at a residence near a golf course in Daytona Beach. The alligator was 7 feet 10 inches long. This is a big alligator, alligator. said state certified trapper Curtis Lucas, who was called by Florida Fish and Wildlife officials to trap the reptile. So here's what happened. The resident opened the front door after he heard a noise. He just believed that it was his son, uh, some a friend of his son's yeah. looking for him. The alligator well, lunged at him, bit him in the upper thigh. Now, the man did suffer injuries, but non-life-threatening, and was transported to a hospital by medical personnel. Now, officers located the animal not far, just right near the front entrance of the residence, and Florida Fish and Wildlife officers responded to the scene and called the trapper. Trapper. I guess what they said is that he um, was at the front door wrestling around, you know, yeah. had an interaction, we'll say, with the homeowner, and then crawled down to the driveway under the trailer. Just sat there. <laughs> okay. Sorry, guy. You know, Not going I don't know anywhere. where I am. Yeah. So uh, they uh, they captured him. So that'd be a bit startling to open your door and have an alligator. I would. I would never open my front door again. <laughs> yes. That's indeed. what people. 
Yeah. Who's Le- there? Ding dong. Yeah. <clears throat> it's alligator. It's just me and alligator. Well, in sports, Portland Trailblazers got a win on the road yesterday, defeating the Magic in Orlando, 122-119. to 119. Damian Lillard had the hot hand in the second half to propel Portland. Lillard ended up with 41 points, but only had 14 in the first half. Blazers needed the win badly after dropping their first two games of the six-game road trip. It also kept them from dropping six games below 500. They now have a record of 30-34. and 34. Not much of a rest for Portland with a game at the Detroit Pistons this evening. That tips at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Then it is at the Boston Celtics on Wednesday. So for Roman Catholics, kneeling is one of the most distinctive physical gestures of prayer during the celebration of Mass. In fact, for many centuries, the lay faithful of the Roman Rite would kneel for almost the entire duration of Mass. So why is that? While it's true that standing during prayer was a common posture of the early Christians and is currently maintained by many Eastern Christians during the Divine Liturgy, kneeling was also part of early Christian tradition. According to Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, of course we know as Pope Benedict XVI, kneeling was something highly disfavored by both Greek and Roman culture. Ratzinger writes in his book, Spirit of the Liturgy, if we look at history, we can see that the Greeks and Romans rejected kneeling. Kneeling was unworthy of a free man. Now, Ratzinger claimed that kneeling does not come from any culture, comes from the Bible and its knowledge of God. And in particular, St. Luke, who in his whole work, both the gospel and the acts of the apostles is in a special way. The theologian of kneeling prayer tells us that Jesus prayed on his knees. Now this prayer, the prayer by which Jesus enters into his passion is an example for us. So the physical posture is meant to express a spiritual attitude of adoration before the triune God, truly and substantially present in the Holy Eucharist. Is an act of humility, recognizing our own littleness before the creator of the world. And the act of kneeling prepares our hearts to receive God within our souls, striking down our pride with a physical reminder of what our soul should be like spiritually. All right. I'm, I'm grateful to be able to kneel because I got two big knots on my knees. <laughs> so I'm grateful for the soft kneelers. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've. I think that uh, Catholics, and you look back on your life, we've run the gamut yes. of, of kneelers for sure. And then you think you get in a cushioned one and only to kneel on it and that they're so old. It just, <laughs> it just feels like yeah. you're kneeling on the wood. So it is March, of course, and that means I've uh, kind of taken a look here. Almost time to maybe start getting out in the yard and garden. I mean, getting close. This cool weather has probably hampered that a little bit. But in our second cup, we're going to talk about what you may want to be doing this time of year. It's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. CYO is the only youth sports program in Oregon that inspires athletes to learn respect and dignity while building confidence, 
friendships, and teamwork through faith in God instilled by Catholic teachings. CYO enriches lives and builds a stronger faith community by bringing Jesus Christ to youth through sports participation. With every CYO sport, our coaches and staff inspire today's youth to become faith-filled leaders. Track and field registration is now open. Register at CYOCampHoward.org. Help the kids in your life experience personal growth in a team atmosphere, fueling their future to become winners through Christ. Summer camp registration is open, and we are currently hiring camp counselors as well as officials for CYO track and field. Visit CYOCampHoward.org for more information. Thank you, and God bless you. Support for Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie. Located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood, the Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Dei Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Dei Radio. It is 8.44 at Mater Day Radio. We're going to see clouds, showers today. We'll have a high of 46 degrees, then a chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 33, and then a 40% chance of rain for Tuesday with a high of 46. And, you know, looking kind of through the rest of the week, this is kind of what you're looking at right on through the week. 40 to 60% chance of showers, little cooler highs in the 40s, lows in the 30s. Well, over the last two hours, temperature has not changed at all in Vancouver. It's still 37 degrees at Seton Catholic High School in Vancouver. And it is 39 degrees at St. Matthew Church in Hillsborough. The morning's almost over, but not before a second cup of the morning blend. Here's David and Brenda. All right, David. So in this cool weather, you said you've managed to get out and do a few of mm-hmm. your yard chores recently. I, had. I did some yesterday, actually. Did you really? What do you in, do at in, this time in, of year? I went out in the front yard area and raked because I had, with the uh, ice and snowstorm that we had, it got pretty windy there for mm-hmm. a time. And so there were a lot of, I have a like trees, like a laurel, large laurel hedge on the side of my house and all of those leaves had blown into the yard. And so okay. I just got out and raked a little bit and swept the driveway off. And uh, it was kind of chilly. But yeah, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I wasn't out for too long, you know, probably like a half hour just raking. Raking. Yeah. But, you know, weren't we just talking about how the, that's a physical exercise? If you're in the house and you can make like housework be an activity raking leaves oh. that's definitely a, a, Get a good workout a good workout yeah. if you're outside doing some planting i'll say this looking out the window and how cold it's been lately i haven't had a whole lot of desire to start working on any kind of yard work no no i hear you i, I just, like it, agree. you have to bundle up so much yeah and then you peel it off as you get hot and then you get cold again and uh, it's just muddy, and I, I'm not yeah. looking forward to it. However, 
Yeah. There are some things that need to be done and what, uh, to get ready for things. Mm-hmm. It's March. I mean, we can start kind of this idea of getting some things ready. Oh, yeah. So that way by springtime, we've got, you know, our vegetable gardens ready to go, things like that. So once again, David, we're going to going to turn to our friends at uh, Oregon State University. Yeah, they've got a great uh, website, the OSU Extension Service website, and they have things mapped out for each month. And so we're, we're taking a look at March garden calendar and things you can do. So again, if you're looking about great information, the OSU Extension Service has it uh, wonderfully set up month by month. So, David, this time of year, they say now is when you can start planning your vegetable gardens. So when you look at your garden, some things that you want to grow this year, Mm -hmm. what are the things that you like to put in your vegetable garden? Well, typically what I've done in the past is I have one side. I don't have a huge garden, but what I do have, one half of it is really taken up by my raspberries. Okay. So I kind of watch those because they're one of the first things that'll come on once it warms up, at least for my garden. And so I, I just try to keep the uh, garden bed clear and look at that, do some pruning, so some selective pruning on those. And then typically the other half of the garden, I'll usually use that for uh, tomatoes. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll plant some tomatoes. That That's a little later because you have to have the soil warm up to a certain exactly. To a certain degree before you can plant tomatoes in the ground. So I look at that. Then I have some other things that are, are annuals that grow. I have some uh, spices, herbs in the garden that I don't really have to do a whole lot with. They just kind of go themselves. Lavender is there. Mm-hmm. I've got a beautiful fig tree that I don't have to do much with. Oh, and I, you've yeah, brought me a yeah. fig from that tree before. That is a yeah. thing of beauty. So I keep an eye on those things, see how they're looking this time of year, if I need to do any pruning or any any work on the earth. You know, sometimes I'll add some soil amenities, those sorts of things. I have a really nice uh, flower uh, artichoke Oh, that grows and it just always regenerates. Those are amazing, yeah. aren't they? I'd love to get another artichoke in there. Me and Scott, we'd love to eat artichokes. Yeah. In fact, all of our kids love to eat artichokes and then they fight over the, the heart, like <laughs> yeah. who gets to basically drown the heart right. in the leftover butter uh, and eat it. See, now I don't, we don't eat the artichokes. They We let them flower and they draw bees. Really? Yeah. And uh, so they're a great uh you know, they have uh, pollinators, I guess is what I'm okay. looking for. Yeah, and so we let them flower. They're really, have you ever seen artichokes Oh, for sure. Flower? It's a big purple it flower. It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, uh, yeah. definitely do both. Eat yeah. some and then leave some for the bees. There you go. It's funny that you talk about, about berries too, because one of the first things they said is you got to, the, the soil needs to be consistently above 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that's the case, the first thing you get in the ground, and you can do that this month, is plant your berry crops. Oh, yeah. Strawberries, raspberries, right. blueberries, blackberries, mm-hmm. gooseberries. Yeah. I mean, all of them. Yeah. They can go in the ground. I have, I've like you, I've left one of my raised beds completely to raspberries. Yeah. And they're great. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and only because the only thing that ever happens with those raspberries, I water them all season, mm-hmm. is walk out there and eat them. Mm. Yeah. We, oh, I know. We Me don't too. bring yeah. them into the house. We just go out there and... and Eat them. So. We have a pretty good crop, and so we freeze them. 
And, oh, do you? Yeah, and so use them for smoothies. I love taking them and pu- popping oh, them in smoothies. Sure. And so we still got some left in the freezer from last year that uh, we haven't used up yet. Do you have any blueberry bushes? Don't have any blueberries. Okay. I would love to have blueberries. I mean, we've got a couple, yeah. one in the front and one in the backyard. So my hope is, again, I think the one in our front yard, like the kids will walk out the door to get in their cars and they'll pick a couple and walk off. So none yeah. ever last very long on the front one. Yeah. But I did move one into the back and it had a little bit of a rough go on. It didn't wasn't too sure if it was going to make it or not, but it looked like it survived. So hopefully that might be one then that I can use to kind of bring back right. fruit into the house. So. So those are some of the things. All right, so let's run kind of through this list also of what they're going to recommend. So lawn mowing, they said to set your blade at one inch, mm-hmm. so two inches. Right. Uh, and, and you can kind of go through. You're going to want to compost now, too. Absolutely. Over the gardens and landscaping area. Yeah. I spend a lot of time, I've got a, a Japanese maple that drops its leaves every year. I'd love to use that for ground cover. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in around the hydrangeas and around the different beds, and you can just lay that on there. Yeah. Uh, and plethora. I also yeah. use it around my um, the raised beds themselves. So we mm-hmm. got a little area to walk. Yeah. The other thing you might want to do, speaking of lawn mowing, and y- y- you're going to need to get to, to this very soon because I know the uh, companies get busy this time of year. If you need to have any maintenance work or service oh. work done on your lawnmower. Do you sharpen your blade? Yeah, you got to sh- get the blade sharpened. It certainly cuts much better. And uh, get it in for service. Now, I went to, I think I told you last year, I went to an electric, a electric yeah. lawnmower. Yeah, how that works. Oh, now, one season in. Yeah, it's fantastic. Is it? Yeah, you don't need to do nearly the service that you would need on a gas-powered mower. Not to mention you don't have the fumes, the gasoline, all of that. It's just battery operated. Love it. Nice. Yeah, just it just makes it makes the my opinion, it makes the lawn mowing experience so much nicer. Okay. Yeah, and it's not as noisy and okay. you don't have the fumes, but you know, so on and, and so just, forth. And okay. it just it cuts very nicely. Well, perfect. Yeah. So maybe if you're in the in the uh market for a new lawn mower Send an email to Dave. He'll tell you all about his electric lawnmower. Absolutely. So there is still so much to do. And of course, you can uh, do your fertilizing for your rhododendrons and your camellias. And also, they say that now is a good time to divide hostas Mm. or daylilies, even your mums. Since they're all done and they're going to get ready to start popping up, you can get into the ground, separate those up, and plant them other areas of the house. Yeah. So we hope that you enjoy a little outdoor gardening for the month of March. We hope you enjoy today's second cup. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Father Peter Julia, the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Join me in praying the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To you do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, 
but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please download the free Hail Mary Media app or visit us online at materdayradio.com. We are leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Day Radio. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Day Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Taking one last look at your forecast today, showers throughout the day. Today we'll have a high of 46 degrees, then about a 50% chance of rain overnight, overnight tonight, low of 33, and then about a 40% chance of showers for Thursday, about the same for what Tuesday, rather. The same for Wednesday and Thursday, so pretty much the same all the okay. way across the week. It is currently 37 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here's Sarah Kroger and Standing in Your Light. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
That is Sarah Kroger and Standing in Your Light. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Well, that's a Monday. All Just like right. that, the morning blend. Thank you so much for joining us, David and Brenda, with you as we begin another week of March, March 6th. Let's get it started. So I feel like now that we are uh, through the second Sunday of Lent, I really caught my stride on the, you know, I'm doing the rosary every day when I'm driving home from work, yeah. and there's no milk or sugar in my coffee, and I feel like <laughs> I'm not, you know, like it's struggling yeah. like I did. But How is the uh, going just to the black coffee? Uh, I'm used to it. It's not my favorite way. Yeah. But I'll finish a couple yeah. cups of coffee every day for All sure. Right. Okay. Well, hey, maybe you'll know, maybe you'll stay with it my that three, way. We'll see. I'll yeah. check back in at the, <laughs> by Easter time. That's it. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. Living Stones coming on this evening, but you can also catch the podcast. Have a very blessed day.